0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I am the Bull, and this is See the Bull Ski, the podcast where I talk about leadership, followership, resiliency, and wellness. I decided to take a week off because I was feeling a bit burned out between, you know, life demands, school, work, everything, but I am back. And first things first, happy Father's Day to all the dads listening, and if you haven't done so, please make sure you call your dad, wish him a happy Father's Day, buy him a new pair of New Balance, you know what it is. Secondly, I wanna wish everyone a happy Juneteenth. For those of you that are unfamiliar with Juneteenth, it is a holiday to commemorate the freeing of slaves under the terms of the Emancipation Proclamation of 1862. And I'm glad that we're including this day among our holidays. And I hope that more will come to celebrate all the diverse aspects of our society. Since I've been gone for a week, I had plenty of time to think about some topics and today I want to go over one that I feel should be more common knowledge and definitely talked about more regularly, but it's, it's one that I found lacking nowadays. Um, I wanna talk about some leadership styles. Now, I am intentionally going to cover the basics today, and my hope is that maybe I'll spark some questions and conversations for future sessions. So please don't beat me up too much if I don't go all the way down the rabbit hole, you know, with the leadership styles. Um, If you've ever read a book about leadership, you can see that almost every author says right up front that there isn't necessarily a right or wrong way to lead, and that it depends on who you are leading, the situation, and what is at risk in a given moment. Um, Also, you know, one of the common mistakes that I and others that I've seen make is that we all have this preconditioned response to situations and it it includes this automatic style of thought that can make it, it, it translates into this like automatic style of action. And while this may be less effortful since you're relying on automatic responses to situations, it can result in ineffective results, especially when you're trying to lead other people. And I saw this TikTok recently, It was by Simon Sinek and he said, quote, leadership is a choice. It is not a rank. I know many people at the senior most levels of organizations who are absolutely not leaders. They are authorities and we do what they say because they have authority over us, but we would not follow them. And I know many people who are at the bottoms of organizations who have no authority and they are absolutely leaders. And this is because they have chosen to look after the person to the left of them. And they have chosen to look after the person to the right of them. This is what a leader is. Now I cannot emphasize how much I agree with him in this statement. And the key words that stuck out to me are authority and chosen or rather choice when it comes to leadership it is all about making choices and understanding that those choices have results on, for, and to those around you. And for a lot of people though, they, they get promoted and their authority increases, but their thoughts and choices remain the same. And I kind of get it. I mean, if you're doing certain things at you know level A and you're doing such and such and you get promoted, then it only makes sense that maintaining those behaviors is obviously the right thing to do at level B. But that mindset is absent of some very crucial elements. Firstly, it's negating the fact that the increased rank, position, authority means that you have more say in bigger matters. Secondly, your decisions impact more people and means that you're being watched by more people who are evaluating your every move. Thirdly, it means you're disregarding the specific idiosyncrasies of your environment when making decisions and possibly only doing what benefits you versus what benefits the team. If you remember, you know Simon Sinek said at the end that he's seen people at the bottom who have chosen to look after the people to the left and right of them and that's what a leader is or what a leader does. Leadership is all about choices and respecting the fact that the choices you make have far reaching impacts beyond just yourself. And if you don't care about that impact, that, that you're having, or by exercising your authority, then frankly, you're unworthy of that authority. And you'll never be as successful as you could be. And your people will not be able to thrive as much as they could. You know, I, I love quotes. And one quote that comes to mind when I was thinking about this is from an anime. Don't judge. There's some really good writing in anime. There's some bad writing, but there's some good writing as well. Uh, and the quote goes, those who, are, those who do not fear the sword they wield have no right to wield a sword at all. You know, kudo points if you know where that is from. Uh, it's from the English dub, so again, don't beat me up too much. The main point of this quote, though, is it really applies to leadership as well, I think. When you have authority or power, you should be at least a little afraid because it means you're responsible to and for the people relying on you as their leader. This doesn't mean being scared or being timid because... Th- that's what happens with passive leaders which I'll talk about in a later session it just means that you know if you're afraid as a leader if you're afraid of wielding that power you understand the gravity of your choices and the consequences they can have on those you are responsible for there's a reason it's called servant leadership because to be a true leader is to serve those you lead i'm constantly afraid and every day you know i put on my uniform and i look in the mirror I'm reminded of the rank and the responsibility that I have and to wield that authority with as much integrity and honor as I can, because those I outrank rely on me to show them the way to be a role model and to be someone worth following. Leadership isn't about making people follow you, but rather inspiring them to want to follow you. Followership is also a choice, and if you rely on your authority to force people to follow you, then you're not leading, you're just ruling or at worst dictating. So going back to leadership as a choice, uh, there are a lot of different models that people can follow about leadership and some of the concepts I was taught are broken into transformational leadership or transactional leadership, which includes laissez-faire leadership. So I'm going to talk about those. Uh, Transformational leadership is probably the one people should aspire to the most because it helps seek to cause change in individuals and systems. I'm not saying it wants to change people or like manipulate them. What it means is transformational leadership is creating valuable and positive changes in followers with the end goal, developing them into future leaders. I like to start by assessing my people and finding out their strengths, their areas of improvement, their future goals. That way I can better identify how I can serve them and help them grow while also capitalizing on their current skills as best I can. I can also leverage my followers' skills against each other to help them help each other and learn to work better as a team. Transformational leadership uses skills like idealized influence, inspirational motivation, intellectual stimulation, and individualized consideration, which I've talked about a little bit in other sessions, Uh, but I'm going to include some definitions that can be found online by looking these terms up just so that everybody's on the same page. So starting with idealized influence, this encompasses behaviors that instill pride in the followers for being associated with the leader basically you act in ways that those associated with you are proud to say that they're associated with you i have a few young airmen that have told me that they feel this way towards me and if i'm being honest it scares the hell out of me because i don't want to lead them astray but at the same time that knowledge that i have people looking to me as a role model reminds me of the awesome responsibility that i have and it helps me to make sure that i'm behaving in a way that continues to be worthy of that followership You know this this includes the good old role modeling which you've all come to love me saying constantly but it's truly beneficial for leaders and followers alike inspirational motivation uh pretty straightforward and this is when a leader exudes and communicates excellence and takes the time to honestly and with integrity focus on the value of the self the other person and the task at hand kind of like the name says you inspire action in others and this unlocks your people's potential because you can help you know, your help in believing in them allows them to better believe in themselves. And it helps create this safe environment where, you know, your followers' truest selves can be appreciated and will ultimately thrive. This one includes setting clear goals, giving feedback, using flexibility and compassion where appropriate, giving back to your people and ensuring a safe environment where your people can be, you know, they're proud to be a part of it. Intellectual stimulation is very simply encouraging innovation and creativity critical thinking and problem solving. You know, it's intellectual. Now, this may sound incredibly basic and a lot of leaders may think that they're doing it, but in my experience, it it isn't. And leaders often wonder why, and I have a theory. In a lot of organizations that I've seen, uh, not just military, but like civilian companies, and you know, you read stuff online, there's invariably this status quo to success or a predetermined expectations of what is expected to happen. I'm not talking about goals or objectives at work, but rather an expected performance that awards, recognizes, and promotions are always weighed against. And while this may seem like a balanced way to perform, it runs the risk of stifling innovation. Because if I know that doing the status quo is how everyone expects me to perform and what my bosses are looking for to promote me, then why should I take a risk and diverge from that and be innovative? You know, some people actually do take that risk and sometimes it works out. And sometimes the fact that they took the risk ends up being used against them and holds them back. This further stifles innovation that work centers are constantly requesting, but what is missing is the mindset and cultural structure that allows for failure. This is a major failing for some places. And the simplest way to create this environment is when a real leader who is willing to take a chance on their people and for that leader to be willing to stand in front of their boss and say, "Hey, I made this call because I wanted to empower my people." You know, sadly, the most common type of leader uh, that I've seen do this, you know, successfully, you know, this approach, usually the leaders that use this the best are the ones who are close to like retirement or leaving, and they're not concerned about it impacting their own promotion. So, like, if I take a chance on my person and it doesn't work out that may reflect on me as the leader for allowing it to happen. But if I'm not worried about it impacting me, then I'm willing to take that risk. But if you have this like layer of like the lower ranking person is afraid to take a risk because the person above them is afraid of how, you know, is going to use it on them. And then the person above them is afraid of taking a risk because like, it becomes this whole pyramid, this whole ladder of nobody's willing to take a risk because they're worried the the person above them is going to use it against them. Uh, Lastly, and probably my favorite is individualized consideration. This is the extent to which a leader attends to each follower's needs and is a mentor, coach or guide to the follower. Uh, Individualized consideration is leading through compassion and active listening to get to know and support your people in the way that they need as individuals. Now, some people may be quick to call this favoritism and it can in some cases devolve into that if you allow it. But if you use it correctly, it can make all the difference for your people. You know, Don't forget, you're leading and working with people, and everyone is different. A lot of people seem to struggle with this approach, and I kind of understand why, but I also don't. My take is that the standards are the standards, but because everyone is different, well, there, there are different variables that have to be taken into account before making decisions. Now, sometimes there cannot be any wiggle room, and I completely get that but often that is used as a scapegoat to prevent the leader from actually engaging with their people, which disregards individual concerns and leaves the person feeling like they don't matter. This reduces morale, trust, respect, you know everything that we need, and it risks the entire team. And I do mean that, it it risks the entire team. Teams are composed of individuals working together, and when one person is struggling, you can be damn certain that it's impacting the entire team dynamics you know i can go deeper into each one and if you want to know more you know let me know and maybe i can do an entire session on those but you know since i've covered a little bit on transformational leadership i want to cover transactional leadership and the bane of leadership existence to me so transactional leadership is as the name implies it is all about transactions but what that actually means is leaders using rewards and punishments to achieve optimal performance the thing is if you actually read about transactional leadership it it isn't leadership, it's management. And while management is a part of leadership, there is a huge difference between leading and managing. Transactional leadership includes contingent rewards, active management by exception, or AMBE, passive management by exception, or PMBE, and laissez-faire, which in my opinion is one of the worst approaches to leading that there is. Again, that's my opinion. It's just a personal thing. You make up your own mind. So first off is contingent awards. And these are rewards for meeting a goal. You remember like back in school, if you sold so many books, you got a pizza party. That's contingent rewards. Uh, very simply with clear directions and outcomes, but you know, as, as many professionals that write about leadership have warned eventually the rewards and awards they're just not enough to get you interested and it can actually demoralize your people because they can begin to think that they only matter for what they achieve for the company or the organization you know they're they're not really meeting their internal goals they're getting praised for meeting the organization's goals and to an extent i understand that but you got to remember everybody has their own aspirations and goals in life so you know when you're doing contingent awards you, you run the risk of not meeting what the person is really after Also, not everyone cares about rewards or awards. So you're completely negating some people's motivations for something quick and easy. Because let's be real, uh, rewards and awards are relatively easy. Uh, Next up is AMBE or active management by exception. And you know, remember that this is active. So in this aspect, leaders are searching for what is being done wrong, not what is done right. And I think you might be able to assess why this isn't always the best approach. Because if you're constantly and only looking at the bad or constantly and only looking for the bad, then your people can begin to turtle up. You know, They stick with what's safe and what's known. And this, that right there drives down innovation. Uh, people can end up isolating themselves so that you know, they're not picked out or risk negative outcomes directed at them. So the big problem with active management by exception is that it's only focusing on things that are going wrong. It never points out what's going right. And that, you know, that demoralizes who wants to work in an organization where the only thing that's ever talked about is the bad things. Next up, passive management by exception or PMBE. This is avoiding action until mistakes are made or because the problems can't be ignored. These are the leaders who know that something is wrong, that there are problems, but often until it becomes their problem, they're fine with it. I mean, hey, they they do get involved, but in my experience, it's often months too long and so much harm has been caused that it takes way longer than it needs to to fix the damage than if they had just handled it proactively up front ironically the folks that rely on this approach too much they do so because they don't like conflict and i swear that they are hoping the problem will just go away the irony is they avoided a problem that was likely easy to fix initially but eventually becomes a massive issue that's 10 times harder to deal with and really nothing was gained you know you only you only put people through more harm and pain than they needed to go through lastly good old laissez-faire All right. It's a lot like uh, passive management by exception, except it's worse because this style of leadership just doesn't get involved at all. And frankly, this is one of my biggest pet peeves. The leaders who can't handle conflict or just won't, they refuse to, they have no stomach for it. Or in some cases, they just, they prefer to be liked rather than handle situations. And simply put, They're getting paid for doing nothing. I'm sorry, if you're a laissez-faire leader, what are you doing? Like really, like I'm not trying to attack anybody, but if you rely on laissez-faire and you're proud of being a laissez-faire leader, what are you doing? Nothing. And I guarantee your people see it, feel it, and know it. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to offend, but if you've ever worked for a leader like this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And let me just say it like this, you cannot be an effective leader if you aren't prepared to handle tough situations, often involving people you end up doing so much more harm because you refuse to deal with something because it's just more convenient for your people to deal with it than for you to actually do something. It's amazing to me how many leaders I've met like this who are blissfully unaware or worse, they're actually aware of the damage they cause due to their own inaction. All right, sorry, ugh, I'm off my high horse. la laissez faire, nasty taste in my mouth, ugh. In the end, all of these approaches are choices and every choice has consequences, and all that means is outcomes or results of your choices. As a leader, your choices are far-reaching, and they impact not only the effectiveness and efficiency of your job, but they also impact the future development of the people you're responsible for leading and developing. Remember, servant leadership. Now, it's okay to make mistakes, and they are going to happen, But what should also be happening is learning from experience and making the changes necessary to grow as a person and a leader. You know, you yourself. From my own experience, the best reflection came from talking to and with the people that I led in order to see if my actions matched my intentions. And sometimes they did and sometimes they didn't. You know, sometimes I needed to augment my approaches and try new tactics to get the results I was after, you know, to get to that vision that I have of how I wanted things to turn out. And here's the tricky part, it's constantly changing because the people I lead is constantly changing. And that's a good thing because over time it has gotten easier and I've gotten more efficient and effective working with people, but I can still learn and so can you. You know, all in all, as Simon Sinek summed it up at the beginning when I was quoting him, it comes down to choices. So I ask you all to take some time and ask yourself what choices you are making day-to-day as a leader And what choices are you going to make moving forward for your people? You know, it isn't fun to realize we aren't the leader or person that we want to be, that our our people need us to be. But the reality is something that, you know, I'm going to take this from one of my fellow senior NCOs. You know, he said this to me, we are all a work in progress. And we all have the capacity for greatness if we only make the choice to try. In a perfect world, you know, my goal is to help inspire you listening to learn more about yourself, leadership, followership, resiliency, wellness, and in this case, transformational leadership, as I really believe it is the optimal leadership approach to not only transforming you into the leader you strive to be, but to also help transform your people into the leaders they want to be as well. I hope to go over these more and impart some ideas of either how to use some of these approaches or definitely navigate from some of these approaches, I faire And I hope you learned something useful as we go into this next week. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Please share this out with someone you think it might help. Remember to follow me on whatever platform you're listening to this on so that you can get my updates and new recordings or follow me on Twitter at the letter C underscore the underscore bull underscore ski and I will check you out next time.